products produces natural handmade shade-based cosmetics. We have holiday gift sets available at shop.earthmother.life. One of the promotions is one jar of body butter, two bars of natural soap, a bamboo towel plus free shipping. Listeners can use the discount code EMSOC21. Once again, that's EMSOC21 to get a 15% discount off of all non-promotional products for the next six months. Make sure you visit today, Earth Mother, at shop.earthmother.life. Earth Mother, life naturally. Welcome to another episode of Transparency Talks Podcast. I am your host, Butter B. Rocker. It is a pleasure to be here. I'm so grateful that everyone is here listening to my voice. That means that we are all alive. We made it another day, and I'm appreciative of that. So one of the things I want to make sure that you do is read my book, Fear of Failure, Fear of Not Trying. I did become an Amazon bestseller within seven hours. It was endorsed by Mr. Les Brown and has been featured on CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, and a couple of other networks and everything. So make sure you check that out. Also, I am working on a new film, my first feature film called Finding the Perfect Guy. Make sure that you go to www.findingtheperfectguy.com and sign up to get on the premiere list or to get other updates about the film and everything like that. So with all of that being said, I would like to bring on a very special guest, Mr. Jay Kwan. How are you doing today? I'm good, but how are you? I am doing excellent, excellent, excellent. And I'm so glad that you got on the show. You have, you are actually doing a whole lot of wonderful things and I want to dive right into it. So can you first start off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. And uh, I want to first say thank you for having me on the show. I, I know it's been a long time coming and we've been with all our scheduled dates and stuff going on so busy that it's time to get me here. So it's an honor to be on your show today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, I, I, uh, I've been, uh, God, I have not answered this question in years. <laughs> um, where do I start? I'm from Philadelphia. I was born and raised on the north and the south side of the East Coast. I did three years in the United States Army. Um, I did a tour in Bosnia, and I moved to Atlanta, Georgia around 2000, where I first started putting on my spoken word shows and um, did a few of those throughout the metro city of Atlanta and surrounding cities. And then I started to do internet radio and uh, that's where we first met on the Cypher's Den internet radio that's still out there on blogtalks.com and I started doing uh, one woman shows, one man shows, play shows and started producing beats for those particular shows and local commercials around the area for the past five years and um, recently since we're talking about finding the perfect guy, I have had the pleasure. Thank you again for being in that movie, and I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Well, awesome. You definitely have a lot of things going on. So we're going to take it back a little bit. One of the things that you didn't mention is that you had a publishing deal with C&G Writers, Inc. And that you is have true. A book. I forgot about that. Yes. Right. You have your very first book. <laughs> it's entitled Little Black Book, Volume 1. Can you tell us a little bit about the book? And what made you come up that, with that name? 
All right, so CNG Writers Inc. is a publishing company started by my brother and myself um, uh, back in 2009. And um, the book came about, I was actually tricked into writing the book. My One of my older sisters had a publishing deal with, uh, I think it was called American Press in Detroit. I'm not sure that's the right name. Don't quote me on that. But she had a deal and she was working on this erotic book. And she read some of my stories that I wrote in high school that I was helping out with um, other teachers and other parents and just like little erotic poems and stuff like that. I was giving them away. <laughs> should have known then. I should have been getting paid for it back then. But hey, you know. And she took some of my stuff from high school and placed it in the book. And I didn't know the book was coming out until I got a phone call from her publishing company. They wanted me to sign a contract. And I didn't sign the contract. And this actually brought about us starting our own publishing company to produce our own our own book, which we're getting ready to re-release that book as an audio drama sometime next year, hopefully in February. Nice, nice. So what is Little Black Book and how did you come up with that name? Little Black Book, according to some other authors and and bookstore owners, is a different take on erotic genre. It's also it's almost like a a how to do. Um, we wrote it with the idea of a lot of people were saying that they would lose the romance after five or seven years or ten years. So we wrote it with ideas based off how you can keep your marriage or your relationship, you know, erotic and sexy and whatnot. And it has um, short erotic stories and erotic poems. Some of them are kind of grimy and get really get into it. And some of them are a lot of love and romance. But it's, it's filled with a lot of ideas to help you with your relationship. We're taking a pause for the cause. It's your girl, Buddy Biraka, Transparency Talks Podcast. This is Chavis Flag with Change the World. Bang, bang. I used to shoot you. Who's gonna be the one to change the world? Well, maybe I'll be the one. Well, maybe I'll be the one. Who's gonna be the one to change the world? Well, maybe I'll be the one. Well, maybe I'll be the one Who's gonna be the one to stand and fight? Yeah. They said I cannot be talking, but I'm about that life yeah. How many wrongs are you ever gonna turn to right? Yeah. And we live in a dark world, so let's turn it bright yeah. Yeah. I met a man, it was just the other day Get some food on his plate, man, he couldn't even make his own way Two kids, baby mama, he the father and the son Trying to beat another case Young man, celebrate, cause you only live once Gotta make it all great Gotta make it all great Gotta keep moving Though this life may bring you down, you're not losing Be yourself and no one else, keep pursuing just wanna bring your hope through this music cuz we're just all human so stand up and face the world who's gonna be the one to change the world well maybe i'll be the one well maybe i'll be the one who's gonna be the one to change the world well maybe i'll be the one well maybe i'll be the one who's gonna be the one to stand and fight they said I cannot be talking, but I'm about that life. Yeah. How many wrongs are you ever gonna turn to right? Yeah. And we live in a dark world, so let's turn it bright. Who's gonna be the one to change the world? 
Well, maybe I'll be the one. Well, maybe I'll be the one. Who's gonna be the one to stand and fight? Yeah. They said I cannot be talking, but I'm about that life. Yeah. How many wrongs are you ever gonna turn to right? Yeah. And we live in a dark world, so let's turn it bright. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us what your company entails? Because you do, in your audio services, you also do from the production to recording various authors putting the audiobooks together. Yes. Uh, when we started back in 2009, we looked at the way books were going to be dealt with in the future as far as going digital. Um, we didn't know how fast it was going to pick up. And um, as you know, because you're a, a world-known famous author as well, printed books can sometimes cost. The overhead is, is costly now because everything is digital. So we shift from doing printed books um, unless an author really wants that to just going straight digital. So that's what we picked up with, just doing the audio recordings for other authors and poets and whatnot, and then producing an audio book and an e-book because the overhead is way cheaper than actually getting printed books. Um, I'm not a big fan of print on demand, um, but that option is available here if you need it. But we rather focus on the audio and the the ebooks because it's a lot easier to distribute and the cost to produce it is a lot cheaper uh, I love recording authors um, and producing music if they want to for their book and whatnot and giving them different ideas of how they can also market and promote their books now I'm just about to thanks to you get ready to go into the audible world with my book so can you tell people how does audible work and does art authors primarily have music with their books or do they usually not have music uh, first uh, it works like this most most people who can write a book may not be able to read their own work so you have to first find out if your voice is even recordable all because you can record your voice, that don't mean it comes across the speakers as something that somebody wants to hear. So you have to have a good voice, especially for the book that you're reading. If you if you wrote a a murder mystery and you're reading it and it sounds like you're like Alvin and the Chipmunks coming out the speakers, nobody's gonna listen to that murder mystery. You follow me? Mm -hmm. So you first have mm -hmm. to make sure that your voice is recordable and your enunciation is good. As far as um putting music behind it that's all part about being the creativity side of everything it's based off of what you hear i never take anything away from any author any idea they throw on the board i try to work it in and work it out some authors like the music some people don't some some just like music in between the chapters so um there and there are plenty of audible books out there that have a narrator reading a chapter and then before they go to the next chapter it's like a little jingle or something like that in between just to keep you engaged so it's all about mm -hmm. how you want to create your idea how you see it how you want to hear it when you're listening to it because from the author standpoint you have to move from the person producing it to the consumer and if it's something that you wouldn't listen to then nine times out of ten nobody else will listen to it either Mm -hmm. So your company provides the music as well? Yes. Okay. Is there particular genres? So an author can come in there and say, hey, you know, I have my book and I want you to put this type of beat and your company can accommodate all types of authors or is there selections? No, we can accommodate all types. Uh, only thing I would say is if I believe or somebody on my team believes that this beat doesn't go with this book, we would try to throw out other suggestions. So you help other authors publish their books as well through your company. Do you let anybody into your publishing company or are there different type of areas or subject matters that you accept or how does that work? No, no. I, I wish I could say, uh, send me your manuscript and I'll publish you. It, it doesn't go that way. I, I do not do that. I, I have a team of writers and we actually sit down and shout out to my whole team that they're awesome. We sit down 
if you send us a chapter or maybe even the first two chapters or even an end chapter, we just need a chapter. Um, we'll go through and we have our own little criteria sheet that we base stuff off of. And if we feel like the, the manuscript needs some more work, we will send back and we do this for free. We'll send it back to you with all of our notes saying, hey, if you fix these type of things, then we can help you. And we leave it in the author's hands. So if you don't get past the first part, then you don't get through. But if you do get through, once we sit down and agree, we vote on it, if we want to work on this or not, um, if it passes that part, then we sit down and try to schedule a date with the author and say, okay, here's what we're going to do moving forward and try to come up with some kind of uh, contractual deal or agreement to say, here's what we need from you. Because sometimes um, there may be some continuity that need to be corrected. And before we do any changes, we always go back to the author. What are you allowing us to do? And we will have a version that we, com we compiled and, and match it with your version so we can see how we're taking the story to make sure that we still fall in line with what you're trying to get out to your readers. So we don't do everybody, okay. but you, you go through a, a process. Okay. And how many people do you have a part of your writing team? Seven. Okay. Seven. They've been, we've been together for, oh man, five, six years now. And, and we have written um, a lot of spoken word shows together. Love Indulgent was the first one. And, and Butter, let me tell you, that first show, um, Right after we met, you was part of that show. Thank you again for being a part of that. We have history, B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it took me eight years to get that show off. And when we finally did it, it was a huge success. And that, that kind of jump-started everything else after that. Okay. Well, congratulations. So let's go back a little bit to your team. So you have a team of writers and authors like you just explained, they send in a chapter or whatever, and your team gives their opinion and gives their notes, you know, regarding the project. Does your team offer to, because not every author is an author that knows how to write. Some authors just know how to give, you know, their ideas on close points, and they have, I don't think it's considered as a ghostwriter, but they have other people write it for them. Does your team do that? Yes, we do do that, and we have done that for a few people um, in the past. If you come with an idea, and um, usually at our writing sessions, we will invite you over to our writing sessions if you just have an idea. That way you can kind of pitch your idea to us. Um, and currently we just had one this past Sunday, which is a great idea that we're getting ready to work on. Um, if the idea sounds great and it sounds like something that we can write, we will throw out our ideas, what we call throw it on the board. We throw our ideas on the board while you're there, um, or the author, um, while they're there, and we'll say what direction you want to take this into. And then we will end up writing out the story and based upon their ideas. They still have to put in some work, though. We're not going to write everything. Um, we need to know some, some factual details like the plots, uh, the characters. We do character descriptions. And, and for everybody who is listening if you're going to write and you're going to write a story it's not uh, a mandatory thing but i say it's a good practice to do a character reference description sheet where you give your character a name a birth date a zodiac sign um, personality traits um, hobbies do's and don'ts and a little background of where they're coming from if they're if you're writing a story in the city of Atlanta, and this person just happened to move from Minnesota. Put a little background in there because it'll help you with your storyline as you go forward. So with the personality traits, the do's and don'ts, you'll kind of know what the character will do and will not do in your story. So get into the habit of having a character reference description sheet. Um, and we'll come up with all that stuff with the author, and then we'll schedule uh, some time based off the author's schedule to come back in and follow along we'll do a zoom meeting and we'll keep writing the story making sure that the author is agreeing with every paragraph before we move forward taking another pause for the cause transparency talks podcast baby really this is kelsey nicole me. we love you well your money fame i just want you here with me Let's try a new 
you can tune in to Transparency Talks podcast, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Blaze One Radio in Atlanta, Squeaky Radio in Detroit, Glass FM in Nigeria, Soul City to Beat in Italy, London's Energy Radio in London, Rock Dan Radio in Canada, Soul Fusion Radio in South Africa, and Q-Mix Radio in Japan. You can listen in to any of the stations by going to butterbiraka.com. That's B-U-T-T-A-B-R-O-C-K-A.com. Follow me on all social medias at Transparency Talks Podcast, also at Butterbiraka. And subscribe today to my YouTube channel at Transparency Talks Podcast. I knew that you had a writing team, but I didn't know that y'all went that deep into services that you offered. And here's the funny thing. This is, we've been doing this for people, I would say, like in the private sector for like five mm-hmm. or six years. We're just now starting the websites and the, the social media handles and whatnot because we never market what we did to anybody. It was more like, uh, more or less of word of mouth. We would help somebody and then that person would turn around and go tell somebody, oh, you should go talk to them. They can help you with your book. And that's how we've been doing things for the longest, like under the radar. And this year, we have, we have just finally agreed to actually start marketing our service to the public. So I met you, you talked about it a little bit at one of your events called the Cypher's Den. Well, I don't know if that, that's not what it was called. It was, it had a different name, but it was put on by the Cypher's Den, which is your company. Can you tell everybody about the Cypher's Den? And you already spoke a little bit about your first poetry event that you came up with that I was a part of. I didn't know that I was part of the first one, but can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so this, the Cypher's Den, well, I I got brought into this, again, with the same sister who tricked me into writing the book. <laughs> um, <laughs> she brought me in. She had started this, this blog talk radio show um, where she wanted to give people who could not get on major radio stations a chance to promote themselves and their businesses, right? And right. <laughs> one night... She had to, she's a teacher, uh, and she had to go stay late for a teacher, teacher conference meeting or whatever those things are called. And she asked me to jump on and fill in for her for the, on the podcast. And I did that. And she told me like a week later that because I went on there and I was so unorthodox, she ended up getting uh, like a few hundred followers. So she wanted to have me on every month. And the ciphers then came from me going on every month for about six months and growing her her uh, fan base, uh, we made a whole lot of changes, and that's how the Cyphers then came to be about. I'm not going to lie to you, and I probably I feel kind of bad about this. I don't even remember <laughs> what her show was called before we <laughs> changed it to the Cyphers then. 
<laughs> she's probably gonna hear this too so but <laughs> we changed it and we went from um doing our internet radio show and started doing our, our spoken word poetry shows which included uh, a live band we had to make sure we had a live band every time we did it and um poets singers or any kind of instrumentalist who could anybody who had a talent we was trying to promote that and from there when i was you know when you first start your own business you're trying to find ways to to get things done or you're trying to find people you can network with and i got into the production and audio because a lot of people were just overcharging and i was like man i, I kind of got an ear for certain things i could probably do this myself so mm -hmm. i brought the equipment the software and i, I just went at it that's real cool. You know, I'm big on doing it yourself, especially people do overcharge for stuff. And then I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, shoot, I know how to do a flyer. Shoot, I know how to edit. I could do this myself. And then I start learning myself. Maybe that's the indie type of thinking. <laughs> but eventually you started, you started trying to pick the pieces up. And then voila, all of a sudden you're an expert at it after so many trials and errors of doing things your own way. So yeah. how did you come up with the Cypher's Den's name? Because I've always thought that name was dope. All right. So Decipher. That's like, you know, putting together uh, something that you have to figure out the bottom line or the hidden secret message in it. I always believe that poets and writers were conning and clever at writing out the truth but hiding it under some false pe pretense so you're reading something or you're hearing something and you think it belongs to this but once you really dig down into it it's actually deciphering the code that the real message is hidden in so i always thought poets and writers were clever at that and everything that i wanted to be involved with i wanted to have some kind of mystique next um near it or behind it so deciphering um whatever the poet or the author or whoever I had on my show um, to put out a, a certain type of message that you may not be on this level, but you can get here and still be somebody. And our slogan was, this is the place where everybody is somebody. And then the den is, I, I've always been a big fan of Rap City and Tigger in the den, so the Cypher's Den. Yeah, I love it. I definitely love it, and and your definition of it was even better, because I didn't think it meant that, but I I like your definition. Better than what I came up with <laughs> Nobody <that>. knows. <laughs> Nobody. I have to explain it because it's decipher. So you know, it's just better to mm -hmm. call it decipher then. So. Mm -hmm. I love it. So you know, you're an author. You had your own radio, internet radio show. You throw lots of events with your poetry and music. You're doing a lot of things. Here on Transparency Talks Podcast, you know, everybody sees the, the, the gold at the end, you know. But I want to talk about what it took to get there because people don't realize that, yeah, yeah, you might see all of these things, but people have to bust their butts to get to those, you know, accomplishments and everything. So... Can you talk about any type of struggles or lessons that you had to learn or setbacks that, you know, helped you grow oh, farther? Man. Oh, you want to go there? Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Whew, we're going to talk about it all. All the dirty laundry, huh? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. Uh, the first thing that I did was the book. When once, once, And I fought my sister we had put my publications in her, in her book. And then my grandmother kind of said, well, listen, you are a writer. Nobody knows you write, but you and certain people you show it to. Why not let everybody know you're a writer? And that, that convinced me to say, okay, let's do this book. Um, for everybody listening, if you're going to get into anything, especially being an entrepreneur, do your research. Because there's a lot of shifty people out there. Do your research. Spend the money on whatever you got to take a class or whatever it is. Do your research. I sat down, uh, we had a conference call with this publishing company, and I remember I sent them an email with everything that I thought was dope about this book, because now I'm really into it, and I'm going, I'm going full steam, right? And 
we do this conference call and this guy is taking all my ideas and said, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And I was like, okay, cool. And it got down to the percentage. And I knew just a little bit about business. Well, if y'all going to do this, I know we got to come up with something and y'all going to give us something. And he came out and said 70-30 split. I felt good about that because I was like, oh, we're going to get 70% and they're going to keep 30. Okay, cool. And he was like, no, <laughs> we're going to keep 70 and y'all got to split 30. And I was like, wait a minute. But y'all taking all of my ideas about how to do this book and how to, you know, go about marketing and promoting and this and that. And he was like, yeah, but we're the publishing company and you're not. And I was like, well, I ain't signed the contract. I don't want your money. I start my own publishing company. Here go the struggle. I knew nothing about publishing the book. But everything I did was trial and error. I put the book in Word. I thought it looked good. I did that. It was nice. And then I had to figure out how to how to make it turn into a book format. So we had to figure out the size and all that. I mean, months of just to get it to a, a perfect book in Word. And then it came time to print. Had to go find a, a printing company that would print that print to print the book. I went to seven black publishing companies and printers in the city of Atlanta and they would not print my book unless I paid them. I think the minimum was $7,000 just to print my wow. book and to publish it. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm broke. I'm just starting out. Can you give me some pointers? And they was like, if you give me some money, I'll, I'll tell you everything. And that, that goes back to that old saying, the game is meant to be sold and not told. Mm-hmm. It was like that the first year for this whole book. So I started printing it. I found um, three printers that was willing to work with me um, on a payment plan. So I found the one guy that was like, let me help you do this. And that took um, at least six, seven months to get to that point. And when I finally got it to print, to go some more struggles, I realized all because you wrote the book, that don't mean you can proofread and edit your own book because you see that word every time you read it. It was a lot of mistakes in the first printed batch. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn, pay for an editor that is not connected to you, not your best friend, not your cousin, all because they're good in English. Go find somebody who don't even know you to edit your book and pay the money. It's worth, it's worth it. Trust me. After going through that, it was marketing trying to get the book into a store. I had to learn about book agents. Um, I had to learn about how to approach a company like Target with your book and other places like that. And it helps if you think you got a really hot product to put it in the hands of a book agent. But you got to pay for that too. I would say in 2009, the book came out. But we started that process in 2006. It took us three years to finally get that book with all the trials and and headache of learning how to first put a book together and even how to run a publishing company, getting your logos and your, 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 um, all your ISBNs and your paperwork straight and making sure you got the right um, NCIS code for the government for tax purposes. It took a whole lot. And that was my first run at uh, owning a, a business of being an entrepreneur. And I'm talking about staying up late nights, reading all kind of books, staying in Barnes and Nobles. I, I had one up by Perimeter Mall. Um, that, yeah, it was about, about, about Perimeter Mall because Lake Madeline is right in the next shopping center. I knew every clerk or librarian in that bookstore because I was there every day. And it got to the point that they knew I was coming at a certain time at 3.30. They cleared off the back section for me and had my uh, my hot tea ready and everything because I was reading <laughs> everything I could <laughs> on publishing because I couldn't afford to buy the book at the time. This is my single called My Touch, and I hope you're feeling it out there. Oh 
Feeling the love that I'm giving you. So city to be. What up, baby? What up, UK? What up, Canada? What up, USA? What up, Africa? I appreciate you guys so much. If you're going to get into whatever business, study and research. Don't just go out there and jump into it. And now you got the internet. That's that's the biggest start right there. Can I can I throw this in real quick for your question? Because a lot of people don't know. Um, I had to learn. If you're going to write a book, there is a difference between a proofreader and an editor get an editor not a proof reader because a proof reader is just going to make sure your your words are grammatically correct uh everything's punctuation where they're supposed to be punctuation the correct punctuation an editor will actually do all those things but also check the continuity of your book mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is if you have uh, a character in chapter one who's six foot two uh, brown skin and, and and has brown eyes but then in chapter seven he's now 511 and he has green eyes that continuity comes in where well okay well what happens that this character now is shorter and has this, different eye colors so you need an editor right. that will check the continuity of everything mm-hmm. really valid point definitely so speaking of continuity and all this other good stuff I learned that word I not learned that word but we used it so much in my new film that you was a part of. That's when we really started using that word, and I really got to understand continuity is key. <laughs> that was yes. something that was major. <laughs> so you was a part of Finding the Perfect Guy as an actor, but you also was the UPM, which is the unit production manager on the set. Can you tell us about your experience with working First as an actor and then behind the scenes, because those are two totally different things. Way two totally different things. And again, I appreciate <laughs> that for allowing me the opportunity. And, and I, you know, it's, it's the big ups to you because you actually trusted me to come in to do both parts. Well, I guess the acting part kind of came in later um, um, as, a, as a fill-in, but just to be on as the UPM, which is something I have never done before. Uh, again, I did the research. I looked it up. I started looking at other movies to find out what was going on. And, and I and I hope that I did do justice in that role because um, we did go through a lot. And it is, I would say, it was something, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a very learning experience being on a movie set and being behind the scenes and seeing how, learning how, a movie is actually put together that yeah. uh is is it was mind-blowing um i wouldn't trade that experience in for nothing uh the the hours that we put in from the time you you brought me the script and from going to correcting certain things in the script and then going to action uh was just mind-blowing and it still amazes me that we put this movie together and I, I guess in a total of when you added up maybe two to three weeks mm-hmm. and to, to get it done and and learning the different angles of the camera and lighting and and actors say things the same way the same time just at a different uh, so that you can get a different point of view it still blows my mind today and I actually look at movies now a little bit different than I did before because oh I can go in and say oh yeah they changed the light so that they can get this shot or, or they put the camera over here so they can get this shot so I, I can see things now in a movie that I never saw before yeah likewise with me definitely what was your experience actually acting that was mind-blowing um 
something different because uh when you when you come up i came up doing spoken word poetry so getting on stage and reciting something that you memorize so i i compared it to you have to memorize your lines um and that's that's either rehearsing it with somebody most poets will get in the mirror and recite their lines over and over again we wouldn't listen to anything but whatever because we were recorded and just listen to it all day every day no music or anything like that just to make sure you can memorize your lines and then you get on stage and you do it here's the difference now with doing spoken word poetry and acting if you mess up in acting you got to do another take and or you holler out line if somebody sees your line from the from the script supervisor and you keep doing it till you get your line right it's spoken word poetry if you miss the line and if you stay with your cadence don't nobody know you messed up right you can just keep going <laughs> and then when you're finished you just walk off stage and that's it you shake hands kiss babies take a few pictures but in acting it's it's doing the same thing over and over again at a different angle or or because you messed up a line or you freestyle something and you got to repeat that same line you ad lipping or whatever that is the biggest difference and i was like when it was my turn to act i was like man i only got a couple of lines why it's so hard to try to remember these lines it took me like a week to get that in when if i wrote a poem or a spoken word piece that's like two or three days because i'm writing it and i already know how i want to say it but when you're mm -hmm. acting, you gotta you gotta follow the director's vision on how they wanted to come out, and that's another big thing that I was not used to. Because again, when you're doing poetry, I wrote it. I'm gonna say it the way I want to say it, and if I don't mm -hmm. want to say this line, I'm not gonna say that line. You know. But when you're acting, you kind of stick to the script. But I enjoyed it though. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. We gotta pay the bills, y'all. Taking another pause. This is CC Sunchild with being with you. personally want to tell you I appreciate you so much for being a part of it from the back end and also acting on it from the back end you were my right hand that had my back and truly stepped up and helped me from the first moment I came came up with the idea all the way till the very end because you really 
helped me get through, you know, the whole process and everything. You are more than just a friend to me. You're like my brother, and I truly appreciate you so much for that. It was all my pleasure. I appreciate you saying that. Now, now because you said it, I, I guess I'm there for part two. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, well, good. <laughs> so now I can get you for part two. Excellent. We just talked about a whole lot of stuff. How do you juggle all of this that you're doing? Because you really are doing a lot. Ah, uh, you know what my secret is, B? What? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell you, right? And I know you're going to put this out. Like, listen, so this is my secret. And it's, it's so simple. It is really simple. And everybody can't do it. It's called time management and vodka. You just hit it on the nail. <laughs> time management and vodka. I'm going to tell you, outside of working with you on the movie, which, and let me be clear about this. B, I love you to death. You need me for anything, I'm there. If anybody else called me, it's going to be uh, uh, two scoops of a hell no. I ain't doing it. <laughs> I do it for B, and that's it. <laughs> well, I appreciate but, it. <laughs> outside of that, my time management. Um, so, so let me say this uh, to everybody listening. At some point, if you realize in your life that you're unhappy with whatever it is that you're doing, find your passion and then find a way to get paid from it and and grow and be a master at that. If it's eight things in that field, master five of them. The other three you can kind of pass off and whatnot. Um, I've been in radiology IT for 22 years, working at a lot of hospitals throughout Atlanta. I left one major hospital and I went to work for another major brand. It was like the third biggest IT corporation in the world. And I worked there for like two and a half years. Um, Around that time, I knew I was about to go full steam with my audio production and eBooks and all that. I just needed something where I could work from home and I could do both of them at the same time. After about two, two and a half years, um, well, you know, when you're a billion-dollar corporation, you can do whatever you want with your employees. They called us into a meeting on a Friday, gave us all these stats, how great we were doing, blah, 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 whatever. And at the last moment, they said, if we call out this department, your job has now been transferred to India. They let go or laid off about 647 employees in five minutes. It's crazy. And I've never been on that side before. And I've always been part of corporate America. That first month, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I was in my studio and I started looking at all this equipment. And I said, you already know what you're supposed to be doing. You just got to start doing it. Now you have no excuse because before, if I was working on somebody's project, I had to break it down where I only did it on the weekends or on certain nights because I was working a regular nine to five. And then I was getting off, taking care of my mother and trying to take care of my house and house repairs and all that type of stuff as a homeowner. And I was falling back. But now I have no excuse on working on anybody's project or my projects. So I started putting my time management together saying, if I'm working on five things, I give everything at least an hour and a half. Now, here's a good thing. Because I don't work for corporate America and I work for me, (laughs) what I'm about to say might, might piss some people off. But my day does not start until 1 p.m. And I like that schedule. At 1 p.m., I roll out of bed, start, you know, grooming, brushing teeth, all that good stuff. I start my actual work at 2 p.m. But And I write down a to-do list between either that night or that morning when I go to bed or when I first wake up at 12. I write down my to-do list for today and what I'm going to be doing. At 2 p.m., I start that to-do list. And I work that, I take my lunch break whenever I want. And at night, I I begin all my mixes for whatever project or audio project that I'm working on. I do all that stuff at night. And I start that around 12 midnight, 1, 1 a.m. And I do that up until four or five in the morning and then I go to bed. So time management is me breaking down everything that I'm gonna do for today I don't try to go three or four days out. 
Um, I try to just stick to today, maybe tomorrow, depending on what I'm working on, and I stick to that schedule. And I try not to change that schedule for anybody. You got to be really special for me to change that schedule for you, which in your case, you are very special. I can definitely confirm. I saw your schedule. I was like, oh, my goodness. You know what it is? I think what it is is because you're from the Army, you know, and they have so much structure and everything. But you're like, your your computer schedule was like, <laughs> it was like a drill sergeant. <laughs> I would say, oh, my I can, God. I can say <laughs> they actually, they, they helped. But I'm going to tell you, it really came from my grandparents. Mm, okay. Because I, I was raised by my grandparents on both sides, on my dad's side and on my mom's side. I spent more time with my grandparents than I did because I'm, I'm a product of a teenage pregnancy. So I spent more time with my grandparents. And my grandfathers were those straight, southern, old country, just mm-hmm. they wake up every day at five. They had work at six o'clock. They, they stayed on mm-hmm. the schedule, you know, basically because during that time you had to be. Right. So I grew up with, uh, I knew what time my grandmother was coming home. I knew what time I had to have all my homework done. Uh, the house had to be clean. Whatever my chores were, I had to make sure that they were done. I knew what time my grandfather was coming home. I knew what we was doing on the weekend. If I wanted to go outside and play, I had to make sure stuff was done. And when we went outside and played, we had a certain time being back in the house. And that was the street light. Mm-hmm. So I grew up under a strict regimen and I do believe the military helped me like redefine certain things like prioritize what's really important and what's not mm-hmm. okay and I so color how code everything too you do you do I'm getting colors it was like a rainbow I said oh goodness <laughs> Well, we are almost out of time here, so I want to, again, thank you for being a part of the show. And can you let everybody know how they can reach you, especially if they want to have you work on their Audible? You also do production. You Do you still do shows? Oh, they're trying to pull me out of retirement to do a show. I'm supposed to be doing the show in February. We're still working on the okay. details. But I had kind of stopped doing shows um, a while back because I lost my passion for it. I, I found a new passion with um, the audio stuff, but I will help anybody put on the show, but I may be coming out doing another show. Um, right now, uh, the best way to reach me would be sending me a text message or email because mm-hmm. uh, we just shut down all of our social media and all of our, to revamp our website and give us a fresh look. Um, oh, here's another thing, marketing. If you don't know how to market, uh, find somebody who does and see if they can work with you because marketing costs. And uh, the reason why we're revamping our websites and our social media, two Sundays ago at one of our writing sessions, um, one of our writers brought in a guy who does marketing. And he came in just to just look at what we had and gave us some ideas of how to revamp everything. So if you can get somebody like that, fine if not you're going to have to pay for it because marketing and promotion is a big part of this advertising so sometimes you got to spend the money to get where you need to go but um feel free to text me uh uh, 770-557-4245 or you can shoot me an email at c and g at c and g writers inc inc at gmail.com and uh, I can okay. send that to you if you need to post it on something, I guess. Yeah, I can put it on the flyer. Well, not the flyer, but when it goes into Pandora and all of the digital platforms, I can put it in the subject line and stuff like that. So people can definitely reach you. So I'll make sure that I and get let, that let them know. as well. <laughs> I'm just like Red. My office hours are. <laughs> <laughs> We'll make sure we put that on there too. Well, I want to I am not answering. That is too funny. This has been a, a a great show. I truly appreciate you taking the time out to be a part of it. 
And with that being said, we are out of here, people. We'll talk to you guys later. Got to miss calls, but I'm not in the mood to speak. Then I dozed off and thought of you in hopes that I could dream. The way we love is always interesting. That me of where my heart has been. close my eyes I wish you weren't there and then I find myself missing the smell of your hair every now and then I get so mad at you to push my buttons but I love it can't think of what I'd be like if it weren't for you you make me a better man when we fight I wear a dark cloud up over my head And though I, I like sunshine, I'd gladly take the rain. It's a consequence of us holding hands. And I promise it's worth it in the end. Thanks again to our sponsor, Earth Mother. Visit them today at shop.earthmother.life.